For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Our guest today is Andy Fugelvand, Professor of Physiology. Andy, welcome. Thank you, Leslie. I'm glad to be here. You're an expert in how our brains and muscles control fine movements. What you do is at the intersection, really, of physiology, neuroscience, bioengineering, maybe some more fields. That covers most of them. And, it, and, and I really began my career as a student doing engineering. Uh, but after you know, a, a few years, it wasn't quite clicking with me. And I'd always been fascinated by movement both in terms of athletic performance and musical performance. Through a mentor, I was able to sort of design my own studies that combined engineering with biology and physiology. How did you get interested in the specific questions that you ask about really fine motor control? For instance, how did you get to working on the hand? Initially, in in graduate work, I was studying the operation of populations of neurons that control movement. And that system, one of the most highly developed of those systems, is that which controls our hand, because it's such a complex mechanical structure. Is it our most complex mechanical structure? I would say absolutely. And, and in addition, you know, not unlike the retina, it's also a, a, a remarkable sensory structure. We use it all, also to take in lots of different kinds of sensory information. And you started working with humans. What kinds of tests could you do to learn about our motor control? Yeah, well, so we, we can do semi-invasive studies. So we can place electrodes into the peripheral nerves and record the activities of single nerve fibers as they're activating muscle. And we can also listen in on the sensory signals coming back from the skin, muscle, joints, and try to understand how all that coding is being used then to, sh- to shape the commands that, that drive movement. So there must have come a point, though, where you realized that just doing these uh, sort of non, not very invasive methods wasn't going to be enough. It's always this trade-off between the, you know, working in the intact organism where you can see the system in operation, but you're limited in, in how far you can go. On the other side, you can have a very reduced preparation where you isolate parts of the nervous system. You can even nowadays put pieces of nervous system in a dish and keep it alive and study the neural circuits. And so I progressively moved in that direction but ultimately have come back to interests that are more directly related to human movement control and what happens as a consequence of various injuries, like spinal cord injury or stroke. So you've learned so much about how things work normally that now you're, you feel you have to apply it to what, what we can do when things go wrong? Indeed. And, and you know, in some of our b- basic studies, so for example, just trying to understand the wiring that comes out of the brain that goes down to our spinal cord to activate the neurons that then engage our muscles. Like an engineer would try to sort out what's the wiring diagram there. As part of that process, we would normally place electrodes into various muscles, go through the skin. And so we could see we were evoking movements in these studies. And we thought, you know, perhaps we could go 
and start to apply these approaches to restoring or reanimating movement in paralyzed individuals. So what are the specific things you've discovered in the studies of normal uh, function that you feel you just have to apply now to this reanimation? I, I would say the major one is really the complexity of the orchestration of the many muscles that are involved in performing what we ostensibly would think is a very simple task. So even moving one finger involves really this subtle coordination across you know, 20 or 30 muscles. And in understanding that, then coming back to try to apply this to restore movement in someone who's paralyzed, we have to confront that complexity. And that's the direction that we are going in my laboratory now to, to really stimulate a array of muscles, in fact, all the muscles in the upper limb, to try to now give back very complex movements to a paralyzed individual. Thanks very much, Andy. Oh, it's my pleasure, Leslie. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.